Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. How are we guys? How are we doing? Everybody enjoying the, the cold weather? A little rain last night, last few days. Been good. Uh, as, as Matt said, my name's Chris. I serve as one of the pastors here. And uh, he mentioned a little bit about uh, if you're new here or maybe uh, you've, you've started coming and you're just starting to get connected. One of the things that we do, and I wanted to mention it before we dive into our next part of the series, is uh, we do a thing called Growth Track. And what Growth Track is, it's usually a, a four-week class where you go and you do 101, 201, 301, and each class is about 20 minutes long. And what it does is it helps people find out, hey, what does your church believe? What are your church's values? Uh, you get a little history about the church. How do I get connected? What are some steps I can take to grow in my faith? And re- there's really a lot of things we cover in those four weeks. But what we decided to do uh, specifically during this time period uh, is instead of offering that you know, four times and you have to go to four classes, we thought, you know what? There's a lot of people that would just like to knock the whole thing out in like an hour and a half, two hour period of time. And so what we're offering is next Saturday from 10 to 12, we're offering a thing called Growth Track One Day where you can come and uh, we'll be in the fellowship hall and basically you're going to be able to walk through all of Growth Track in just about an hour and a half and kind of get the whole thing knocked out. And I would encourage you, whether you've started coming recently or whether you've been coming for a while but you haven't gotten connected yet or you're still wondering, hey, what does this church believe about certain things? Man, get connected at Growth Track. Uh, All the questions, honestly, that you probably have will get answered. It'll give you some great steps to grow in your own personal faith. And so I'd encourage you to do that. You can sign up in your app for that, or you can sign up on that Next Steps card that Matt talked about. And so uh, do that, and we'll uh, we'll be doing that next Saturday. Uh, This past, probably about two weeks ago, uh, my mom and dad were in town. Uh, They live in Alabama. And so a few times a year, they'll make their way out here, probably like you. If, you. if you live out here on the West Coast and, you know, some of your family's from the East Coast, you know, once or twice a year, you get a chance to see them. I've gotten a chance to meet several of your family as they've kind of come to visit. And that's what my parents did. They came and they, they spent five or six days with us. And uh, it was really a good time. We, we took some time and we went to Bishop's Pumpkin Farm because that, that was something my mom had seen pictures of all that. But she's like, I've never gone, so we want to go. And, and then my mom and dad are huge Hallmark Christmas movie people. And so to, to find out that one of those was taped in Nevada City, and that's like within 45 minutes of us, and we could actually go to the cafe where the, the movie was part of it was taped and, and get a picture in front of the church that was in the movie. Like it might as well have been Disney World for my parents. And so we went to Nevada City and we spent some time there. And then we had just a lot of time where we kind of 
took time in the morning, just drank coffee and caught up. And, and I love, obviously, I love my parents. I love their influence on me, obviously, and then on my kids. And even, in, and you have people like this in your life. Even if you disagree with them on, on a certain issue, or maybe you don't see things exactly the same, because of the relationship you have with that person, you take their advice and you listen to their opinion, even if you're not sure if you see it the same way. And that's how it is with my parents. We see most things alike, but even on the things that we don't see exactly alike because of the relationship they have with us, because of, of the wisdom they've given us over the years, man, we listen. And you have people like that in your life that, man, you don't necessarily agree with them on everything, but because of a relationship that they have with you, when they speak, when they give you advice, you listen. You take their opinion seriously. You, because of a relationship you have with them, they have the privilege at any moment to come and talk to you and speak into your life because of that. And over the last few weeks, we have kind of gotten a backstage pass into a very wise man and a man that had quite a lot of great advice, his kind of talks with his kids. We've taken some time over the last few weeks to kind of look behind the curtain at some of the wisdom of Solomon and some of the great wisdom that he had that he, in many cases, was talking to his children. And you even see it. You see him refer to sons. You see him refer to family. And we've kind of gotten to look at some of that advice. And I'm sure just like you don't always agree with, with the people that give you advice, I'm sure the advice that he gave, as wise as it was, maybe his kids didn't always take it. In fact, we know they didn't always take it from history. But his advice was wise, and his advice was something that I would guess, even if his kids didn't agree with him, they would at least take it seriously because of the wisdom that he had shown over the years. And if, you're, if you don't know much about Solomon, we've talked a little bit about him. He was the third king of Israel. He was David's son, and, and he was a guy that was known around the world for two things. He was known for his wisdom, but he was also known for his wealth. And today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4. And in Proverbs chapter 4, and if you're a parent, you'll understand this. It's almost like Solomon's having the, if you don't catch anything else I say, son, here's what you need to remember talk. And you've probably had that talk with your kids or you've been given that talk by your parents where they might say a lot of things and then they'll be like, hey, hey, listen up. If you didn't get anything else that I said, here's what you really need to remember. It's almost like Proverbs 4 is that for Solomon and his son. If, if you look at Proverbs chapter 4, it'll be up on the screen or it's in your app. It says this in verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. Basically, he's saying, hey, buddy, turn up your ears. <laughs> like, listen up, but listen up. He says that you're going to gain some insight. He says, for I, for I give you good precepts or teaching. Do not forsake my teaching. And so he's just, he's kind of starting this conversation. He's saying, all right, son, turn up your ears. Listen to what I'm about to tell you, 
And hold on to it, man. Hold on. This is good stuff that I'm about to tell you. Listen up. And then he says this. When I was a son with my father, who was his father, David, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me. And so now what Solomon's doing is he's like taking what he's about to tell his son and he's kind of putting a little bit more weight on it. And he's also kind of putting his self in his son's shoes. He's saying, hey, when I was your age, Grandpa David had this same conversation with me. Grandpa David, he spoke some of these same words in with me. And so what he's doing is he's relating with his son. And he's also putting some weight to this. Like, man, this is something that's been passed down. This is something that Grandpa David passed on to me that I want to pass on to you. And he says this. This is what David told him. Let your heart... Hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. When it speaks of the heart in the scriptures and specifically in in Proverbs, he's not talking about, and you know this, he's not talking about the blood pumping muscle in your chest. When he's talking about heart, he's talking about the center of who you really are. Like, who are you really? The center of you. He's talking about that. And he's talking about how David spoke to him about his heart. And so over the next few verses, Solomon, he, he says to his son, he says, son, I want you to pursue wisdom like you would pursue a prize. Like, what's the greatest prize you've ever went after? What's the greatest award you've ever went after? I want you to pursue wisdom in the same way, like it's a prize. And in the midst of this wise counsel that Solomon's passing down, that he was given from his dad, in verse 20, what he does is he starts to narrow the focus and get to the one thing that it's like, if you don't catch anything else that I say, Solomon, catch this. He's he's getting to that. And so he says this in verse 20. He kind of, and if you're a kid, you get annoyed probably when your parents do this. He's like, He reminds him of what he's already told him. Like he's already told him, hey, turn your ears up, listen, lean in, listen up to what I'm about to say. Then he says a few things, and I don't know if his son was starting to get distracted, but he has to like again say, look what he says. He says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Hey, listen up, lean in, buddy, lean in. He says, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. So he said, hey, buddy, lean in. Like, quit looking at your screen. Like, quit getting distracted. Listen up. Because what what I'm saying to you, I don't want you to just kind of go in one ear and out the other. I want you to internalize it. I want it to become a part of you. I want it to be in your heart. He says in verse 22, and this is kind of why. For they are life to those who find them. And healing to all their flesh. He's basically saying, hey, your response to the wisdom that I'm sharing with you and what I'm about to tell you, your response to it, whether it goes in one ear and out the other one, whether you internalize what I'm about to say, has big consequences. It, it has, it, it's between life and death. It's between health and hurt. If you lean into what I'm about to say, it's going to be good for you. And then he gets to the one thing that if you don't hear anything else, Solomon, he says, son, listen up. Above all else, there's one thing you've got to know. 
And he says this in verse 23. Keep or guard your heart with all vigilance. In the NIV and the NLT, it it says it this way. Above all else, guard your heart. Above anything else that I've just said to you, above any other priority, above any of it, If you only hear one thing, son, here's what you need to hear. This is life or death. This is a big deal. He says, above all else, keep or guard your heart with all vigilance. And here's why. For from it flows the springs of life. When I was growing up, I grew up in Florida. And if you've been to Florida, many of you have. So during the summer in central Florida, it's not only hot, but it's really humid. So I mean, it's, it, you go out like at 6 in the morning, 7 in the morning, it's already in the 80s, and it's humid. So it's a hot kind of place. And, and one of the things that's really good about Florida is usually you're not far from a body of water. And so even on the hot days, you can go to the ocean. You're, I, I grew up in a city called Lakeland because there's so many lakes. I mean, there's a body of water close, but... There's, there's some bodies of water that, uh, and where we lived uh, be- right before we moved here, there was a spring close by called Lithia Springs. And I remember as a little kid going to Lithia Springs, and I, the, the one memory I have of Lithia Springs was it was crazy cold water. If you've ever, and there's hot springs, there's cold springs. Well, this one, it could have been 100 degrees, 100% humidity, and you are just dying of sweat and heat. But when you get into the water at Lithia Springs, you turn into an ice cube very quickly because the water was so cold. And why was the swimming area so cold? Because it was fed by a spring that was cold. And so you, you got into the swimming area, and what you experienced in that swimming area was a result of the, the spring that had been feeding that swimming area for years, and it was freezing. And what Solomon's saying is he's saying, hey, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, because like a spring that, that pushes water out into the swimming area, your heart pushes things out into your life. What's in your heart will come out in your life. One way to say it is this, the health of your heart will determine the outcome of your life. See, as Solomon's talking to his son, again, he's, and, and you have kids, you understand this, like you're like, Please get this. Just, son, listen. Above all else, guard your heart. Because the health of your heart will determine the outcome of your life. You guys are going to be really impressed with these next two statements I tell you. You're going to think, man, you are an intellectual just giant with these next two statements that I'm going to tell you. You ready? You might want to write these down because this is going to be impressive to you. First one is this. Unhealthy hearts lead to unhealthiness. I told you, like, this is brilliant. Unhealthy hearts lead to unhealthiness. And now get ready for number two. get, Get ready. Take a deep breath. Number two. Healthy hearts lead to healthiness. Again, aren't you impressed that you go to City Walk Church now because of the intellectual giant that you can call your pastor? 
Duh, right? These are like, yeah. Like my seven-year-old knows this. This is not a huge, I know you people online are just so impressed. Now you're probably leaving your houses now to come and maybe get an autograph because this is, this is incredible. Healthy hearts lead to healthiness. Unhealthy hearts lead to unhealthiness. We all know this, but here's what we do. We work really hard at masking our heart so we look healthier than we really are. Like what I just told you isn't new news to you. If you're watching online, that wasn't like, oh man, the light bulb just came on. We all know that. But what we do, and we don't even try to do this sometimes, it's just in us, is we work very hard at masking the unhealthiness that's in our heart. And we do that in a, in a few ways. One of the ways we do it is we pretend to be someone we're not. Like we get really good, even from a little kid, like we get good at playing a part. We know, hey, in, in this room, this is how I'm supposed to act. In this room, this is how I'm supposed to act. In this room, this is what the expectations are. And so almost in every room we go into, we know, hey, if there's some junk inside, I got to put a mask on that because that's not appropriate for this room. And so we just get really good at hiding what's going on in our heart by just playing a part. And we do it all the time. We do it when we come to church. Like, like some of us right now, we're playing a part. Like there's some crazy unhealthiness on the inside, but in our mind, and maybe it's because of some church baggage you have in the past, you think, I can't be real about that here. So let me, you know, literally put a, a fake mask and a real mask on, but let me, let me put a mask on because I'm going to church. Let me put, I have my life together, that mask on, the, the Sunday smile on, and, and let me go to church. Because we, we get really good at playing a part. But here's the second thing we do. And I say we because I do this too. Not only are we really good at just kind of playing a part and being somebody we're not, but we get really good at blaming our heart issues on circumstances. Like when, I, when something comes out of my mouth that's not appropriate or when I treat somebody in a way that's not appropriate or, you know, when, when something bad, I do something bad in action, instead of saying, you know what, it's because of what's in my heart, we always have a circumstance that we can blame. Well, so-and-so treated me this way or this is the way I grew up or, you know, the, the thing at work didn't go as well. And so we, we very quickly, instead of dealing with our heart, we are trained very quickly to, man, dodge it and, and point to something else because we don't ever want to deal with what's inside. James, Jesus' brother, he talks about this and, and here's what he said in James chapter 4, verse 1. He said this, what causes quarrels? What causes fights among you? Like, like why, why is there so much chaos? Why is there fighting? Why are you arguing? Why is there all that unhealthiness? And, and what he does, then he answers his own question. He says, is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Why do you fight? Why is there chaos? Why is there, and you, you can fill in the blank, he says, that, let me tell you why all this is happening. It's because of what's going on in the inside. And then his brother, who was a pretty smart guy himself, Jesus, said it this way in Matthew 15, verse 18. Jesus said this, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. 
And then he says this. And this is where it's like, Jesus, you've taken it to another level here, man. He says, and this defiles a person. All right, you're like, okay, I get that. Kind of what comes out of my mouth. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It shows, it's kind of a mirror to my heart. What comes out of my mouth, it shows what's in my heart. But then he goes like a whole nother level. He says, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. You're like, okay, I get that. Murder, like what? Adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, basically lying and slander. He's like, the, the five or six worst things you can do, he's saying, you know what? Don't, don't blame that on your circumstances. You know why you murder people? You know why you commit adultery? You know why you uh, are sexually immoral and you're, you're having sex outside of marriage? Don't blame circumstances. It's your heart. Just own it. It's your heart. And Jesus happened to be talking to some really religious people when he was saying this. He wasn't talking to like the down and out people. He was talking to the people that thought they had it all together. That were like the professional mask wearers and made everything on the outside look great. He's saying, guys, your heart's a train wreck. And you, you pretend all this stuff, but man, out of your heart comes all kind of craziness. And he, he points to their heart. See, if, if Solomon, James... And Jesus are right, then our pursuit of better behavior is short-sighted. You say, well, I don't know if I agree with that statement. Listen to that statement again. Because you, you may not agree with it. You may push back a little bit in your, your heart about this. If Solomon, James, and Jesus are right, then our pursuit of better behavior, which is usually what we try to pursue, especially in like religious circles, like I got to behave better, is short-sighted. And it's why Solomon said to his son, above all else, guard your heart, not your behavior. He said, yeah, your behavior is important. And he talks about behavior and a lot of different things. But he says, if you can only hear one thing, buddy, listen to this one thing that's most important. Guard your heart. Because out of your heart comes everything in your life. See, We'll put it up on the screen. It's what starts in our heart, moves to our behavior, moves to a healthy or unhealthy life. But here's, here's what, and, and I get it, here's what we usually do. We skip this part. I got to stop looking at porn. Man, my behavior, I got to figure that thing out. I, I drink too much. I, I need to figure the drinking thing out. I need to... I can't use my money smart for anything. Man, I, I just can't handle money well. i got to fix my behavior. Uh, man, the way I treat people, the way I speak, the filthy mouth I have, I, man, i got to fix that. And that's what we do. Like, that's where we put our focus. Where there's, a, there's, there's so much more to it, and we know that. Like, we all know that there's more to it than behavior. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, we've all said things like, there's got to be more to the story than that. Oh, uh, there's something deeper than that in that person. Like, we, we intuitively know that, man, when we see somebody kind of go off the, the deep end in an area or we make a really bad decision, like, we intuitively know there's something deeper than just what they said or did. And that's what Solomon was concerned about, is that, yeah, son, your behavior is obviously important. 
But if all you're focused on is your behavior, you're missing it. It starts in your heart. And a healthy heart will lead to a healthy behavior. An unhealthy heart leads to unhealthy behavior. If you can't stop looking at porn, it's not... Yeah, you need to stop. But you need to go deeper than what you look at on the computer because something's going on in your heart that needs to be dealt with. Because, yeah, you might stop looking at porn, but it'll show itself in another area of your life because out of our heart precedes our life. And that's what Solomon's point was. The health of your heart will determine the outcome of your life, which leads to a a really obvious question. It leads to a a really obvious question, and, and it's the same question that you would ask a doctor if you were dealing with the physical health of your heart. It's the same question. It's a very obvious question that this Thinking and and what Solomon says should lead us to at least consider, and here's the question, how can I have a healthy heart? So if you're you're laying on a doctor's table and you're about to have a heart attack and you're struggling with your heart physically, like your question for the doctor is, how do I fix this? How, How can I change this? What do I need to do to go from almost about to die to having a healthy heart? It's not rocket science. Same thing. If, if, if spiritually you're, we're struggling with an unhealthy heart like, and, and we're, we're struggling with, man, I can, can never get control of these behaviors that just continue to bring me down. Like the question is just, how can I have a healthy heart spiritually? What does it look like? And, and the answer is found in, in a couple words. And the first word is the word transformation. See, a healthy heart starts with a transformed heart. And you think, why does my heart need to be transformed? Well, let me give you some really good news. You ready for some really good news? And you can blame this on Paul. He says it. Why do I need a transformed heart? Why why do I need a transformed heart to have a healthy heart? Well, here's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says this. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. I told you it was good news. You were dead... Like, we don't need to define dead, do we? We all know what that is in the trespasses and sins. And then he says, in case the Ephesian people that he was writing to, in case they didn't get it, he says it in verse 5 again. He says this, even when you were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ by grace, you have been saved. What Paul's point is, hey, your heart... You you can't fix your behavior, you can't fix your life until you deal with your dead heart. Like you need your heart to be transformed because you can work on your behavior all day long, but until your heart is transformed, your dead heart, it's not going to do anything. Dead things don't produce. See, some of us, and man, and this is maybe a... some here, you, you really maybe need to lean into this, what I'm about to say. You're watching online, you need to lean in because some of you, you may have an aha moment here in a second. Some of us are trying to live and behave right, and yet our heart is dead. It's like we're, we have a beautiful car in the driveway, 
We have a map to the the beautiful destination that we're going to go to in our beautiful car. But then we pop the hood of that car and we realize there's no engine in the car. And so it doesn't matter if we know where we want to go. It doesn't matter that our beautiful car is right there in the driveway. If there's no engine... We're not going to get there, and we're going to work really, really, really hard not getting very far. And for some of us, your journey to a healthy heart starts with Jesus transforming your dead heart to a heart that's alive. And, and this happens when you sin. It happens when you, first of all, agree with God about your sin. When you agree with God that, hey, God, I admit to you, that I've sinned. I admit to you that my sin has separated me from you. It's, it's a transformed heart starts with agreeing with God about our sin. But then it, it moves to believing that Jesus died and rose from the grave for you. It, it starts with agreeing with God. Like you don't need Jesus if you aren't a sinner. Like if you don't have an issue with sin, you don't need Jesus. So it starts with agreeing with God that, yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I do things I shouldn't. Yes, that separates me from a relationship with you. But then it moves into believing that Jesus, when he died on the cross and rose from the grave, he did that for you and for me. And then it's simply coming to Jesus and just asking him to save you, to start a relationship with you. It's admitting and and really acknowledging sin. It's believing that Jesus came and died and rose from the grave for that sin. And then it's simply saying yes to the invitation. Like Jesus offers this to you. He offers a transformed heart to you. He offers the engine to your car to you. He already paid for it. But you got to want it. And when the engine goes in the car, it makes the journey Go a lot better, a lot less frustrating when you're not having to like, man, why can't I pray? Why does there seem to be no connection? Like, why am I struggling? I try to do the right thing and I try to behave and I try to be religious and it just seems like a game and it's not a relationship. It just seems like a task. And honestly, it's kind of exhausting. It might be because, man... The heart is still dead and it's not been transformed. And so the start of a healthy heart is a transformed heart. But then the second thing, if once our heart's been transformed, the second word that really I think is really key if you're going to live your life with a healthy heart, it's the word cultivation. And you guys know this word, it's a farming term. I mean, cultivation is basically taking steps to grow something or improve its growth. And so what Solomon does is he says, hey, son, let me give you some really practical ideas to consider as you think about guarding your heart, as you think about cultivating a healthy heart. And here's what you're not going to be. You're not about to be impressed with what he says because it's so simple. Like he's just told his son, hey, son, above everything, make your first priority Guarding your heart. 
Because out of your heart, your life flows. Your marriage flows. Your relationship flows. Your work life. It all flows from your heart. And then what he does is he tells his son, hey, let me just give you some practical things that I think will help you cultivate a healthy heart. Look at verse 24. It says this. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk from you, far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Basically, think about where you're going. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. If I'm going to cultivate a healthy heart, I have to be willing to think through some of the questions that this little passage kind of brings to the surface. I mean, simple questions. Questions like this. What are you talking about? Is it healthy or unhealthy? What are you, what are you talking about? Like he, he says, he says, Son, put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Like, if you want to have a picture of what's going on in your heart, just listen to your conversations. Like, are the conversations you're having with and the people you're having conversations with, like, what's going on in those conversations? Are they helpful? Are they healthy? Or are they unhealthy? If, if all your conversations are unhealthy, then, you know, probably not rocket science, like probably not helping you have a, a, a pure and healthy heart. Then, then another question that he talks about, again, a simple question, where are you headed? He, he says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure, like is your life, are you headed towards something that glorifies God in your life? Like in your day, in how you use your time, in your goals for your life, like what, where are you headed? Are you headed in a direction that's going to bring glory to God, that's going to be honoring to God, that's going to produce health? Again, if, if you look at your life, whether you're watching online or you're here, and it's like, man, the direction my life is going, the things that I'm moving towards, the goals I have, if I reach them, they're not going to help me have a healthy heart. Then that's probably something you want to think about. And then he says, man, another question in that little last few phrases, he says, he says, don't swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. He's basically saying, are you getting distracted? Like, what distracts you? What, what, like, as you, as you start down the right path, what pulls you off the path? Like, is it the same thing every time? And, and he's, again, a very wise man. He's sitting down with his son, and he's saying, hey, guard your heart above all else. Because the health of your heart will determine the outcome of your life. So what are you talking about? Where are you headed? And what's been distracting you? Do you get distracted? And if you get distracted, like, what's distracting you? Like, put some focus on those things if you're going to cultivate a healthy heart. So here's, here's the question, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, how's your heart? Like, really, how's your heart? 
How's the inside of you, the real you that, that nobody maybe sees or that few people see? And maybe a better question would be, how would those closest to you answer that question? And, and maybe if you're honest, like probably most of us, you know what? I haven't thought about that a lot. I haven't paid attention a lot to my heart. Even as it relates to God, you were probably under the impression that your behavior was God's greatest concern. And I get that because in most religious circles, a lot of people don't talk about your heart except for giving your heart to God. But after that, it becomes very behavior driven. And so I get it. Maybe you grew up in a scenario where you, you really weren't thinking about your heart much. You were really focused on your behavior because based on what you were taught, that's what you thought God cared about most. But, but here's the thing that maybe will help us. Jesus, when he came to earth, he didn't focus on changing people's behavior. He came to capture people's hearts. He came, he didn't, he didn't come and leave heaven, the glories of heaven, and come and die on the cross and go through all that so that you would behave a little better today than you did yesterday, or me. He came so that he could capture our dead heart and transform it into a heart that's alive. Because he knows better than anybody that out of your heart comes everything else and it all starts with a transformed heart and so as we close I want to I want you to think about two things as you as you think about your own heart now here's what you could do here's what you could do and some of you may be doing this maybe you're watching online you could like blow this off like oh, let me just let this guy finish and then I'll get to pretending back to pretending back to kind of faking it and all that you could or you could say okay I'm here for a reason. I'm listening online for a reason. And so let me, for a moment, let me consider what's really going on in my heart. How's your heart? Has it been transformed? Not do you go to church? Not are you part of a small group? Not did you bring a Christmas box? Have you ever come to a place where you admitted to God that you have sinned? You believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for you and you invited Jesus into your life knowing that invitation would transform you from the inside out. Have you ever done that? Because that's where it starts. Have you been transformed or are you just exhausted with religion because, man, you are trying hard to push that car to its destination and there's no engine in the car. Have you been transformed? And if not, let's do it. I, man, let's do it. Jesus is waiting. It, you, you can right here, while we're sitting here, in the quietness of your heart, you can admit to God, God, I have sinned. I've disobeyed you. I've broken your laws. I believe that Jesus died, that he rose from the grave. I want to start a relationship with you that your word says will transform me. It will make me a new creature from the inside out. I want that. You can do that right now in the quietness of this room. And it starts with the transformed heart. But then that second thing because I know most of you, a lot of you say, yes, I've done that. I've, I, I've, there's been a time in my life where I have become a follower of Jesus and I've had my heart transformed. For you, I just, are you cultivating a healthy heart? 
And you don't have to pretend. You don't have to guess. Just look at your conversations. Look at your goals, your focus, how you spend your time, how you spend your money. Look at the things that distract you from following Jesus. Like, are you cultivating health amongst your life? And here's what the beautiful thing is. When, when you have a transformed heart, Jesus doesn't just leave you and say, hey, I'll catch you when you die, when you come to heaven. Now that you're transformed, you do the life thing here. And then once this whole thing's over, you, you kind of come hang out with me in heaven forever. And I'll see you then. That's not how he does it. He says, hey, you needed me to transform your heart. But here's what you also need. And here's the, the gift I'm also giving you. I'm giving you the ability. And I'm going to stay with you with my Holy Spirit to help you cultivate health. I'm not going to leave you. You can still lean into me to cultivate a healthy heart, just like you leaned into me to transform your heart. So it's not, hey, work harder, work harder, do all this stuff. No, it's lean into Jesus and allow Jesus to change your conversation, allow him to change your focus, allow him to help you with those things that are getting distracted, that are making you get distracted. I mean, can you imagine walking through life and not having to make excuses anymore? I mean, can you imagine not having to be a pretender anymore? Not having to wear a mask, and I don't mean for COVID, but just in general. Not having to kind of put the fake face on. Can you imagine just not having to walk into a room and think, hey, all right, how do I have to act in here? What if we could just be people that were honest with our jacked up hearts and said, hey, man, I, I need Jesus and I'm leaning into Jesus. I don't have it all together and I'm not going to pretend I do. What if we were a church that, that literally we say it, but if we really lived out the, hey, you don't have to be perfect to come here. You, you, you can be somebody that's messed up because you'll fit right in with all the rest of us. But we, we know that our Savior, He doesn't want us to stay messed up. He accepts us. He loves us. But He's here to cultivate and transform us. What if we created a church that it doesn't matter what your background, what your past, what your baggage, what your heart issues are. You're welcome to be here and lean into Jesus the same way we are trying to. Just imagine. See, Jesus came because he knew the health of our heart will determine the outcome of our life. And so as we close, I would encourage you, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, guard your heart above all else. Why? Because out of your heart, not out of your intentions, not out of your abilities, not out of your talents, not out of your bank account, out of your heart comes the rest of your life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the wisdom of Solomon. And God, all of us, including myself, all of us have hearts that need to be cultivated. Lord, some of us are in a spot where we need our hearts to be transformed first. We're in a spot in our life where we have been trying to be religious. We've been trying to behave. We've been trying to, to do all the right things. And it's become exhausting because our heart is still dead. 
If you're here this morning, whether you're watching online or you're here with us this morning, and you would say, Chris, that's me. Man, when you describe that, that, that's me. Well, today, why not start a relationship with Jesus? Why not today invite Jesus to transform you from the inside out? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you'd say, Chris, that's what I want. I want to have a healthy heart, and I know it starts with a transformed heart. Would you just, in the quietness of this room, would you just, just between you and God, would you just tell him, hey, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. I acknowledge my sin. Just tell him. Would you then just tell him that, hey, Jesus, I, I believe that when you came and died on the cross and rose from the grave, that you did that for me. And then would you just invite him? Invite him. Jesus, I'm, I'm coming to you. I want to start a relationship with you. I want you to transform my heart. Save me now. Just in the quietness of this room, if, if that's a decision that you just made, man, I would, I'd love to know about it. And I, I don't want to embarrass you, but on that little next steps card, there's a little spot where you can check a box that says, hey, today I made a decision to trust Jesus or follow Jesus. Just man, write that on there and maybe drop the next steps card in the offering basket on your way out. We'd love to just rejoice with you and, and be a help to you in any way possible. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Chris, Man, I've, I've had a heart that's transformed, but man, I honestly haven't done a lot to cultivate. And as I think about my conversations, as I think about my focus, my goals, the things that distract me, man, I really just need to lean in to Jesus, and I need Him to help me in those areas. And I'm willing to change. I just need His help. Maybe you just tell Him that. Just tell him, I, I, I want to change. I want a healthy heart. Change me. Help me. And, and one of the things the scripture says is that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When we humble ourselves and admit, I don't have it all together. I need your help. He's there. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for not just leaving us when you save us, but helping us cultivate health. I pray that we would listen to you in Jesus' name. Amen.